you have to do is worry about yourself. Like, keep yourself afloat. Everything else is just secondary. Hello, fucked up friends and family. Welcome to Pickles and Vodka, the mental health podcast where imperfect people talk about imperfect stuff. (laughs) That's wrong. It's supposed to be where imperfect people have imperfect conversations. Uh, I also added the the fucked up part at the beginning, just kind of a choice I made in the moment, because uh, it's kind of relevant to this week's episode. Uh, I'm feeling really fucked up this week, and a lot of people in my circle are also feeling fucked up this week. I wonder if it's wise to start off the podcast with this many F-bombs. Not that I care. You can't tell me what to do, Mom! Uh, um, I, f- I feel like I'm starting off on a humorous note because I have a, pr- a lot of serious things to talk about this week, and I've been going over it in my head so much and wondering if I should even share it on the podcast. Um, but the whole purpose of this thing is to give me an outlet to talk about my thoughts and feelings and all that shit, and if I don't use it that way, then why am I even doing this? It's not for the popularity, it's not for the the fame or, you know, the money, because I don't have any of those things from the podcast. So yeah, I'm going to be talking about something that happened uh, early this week that really kind of shook our family. And um, after that, I'll lighten the mood a little bit by talking about self-care and reading you an old journal entry. Um, and then we're going to read the results of the pickle poll that I published last week. I'm really excited. Y'all had some really entertaining answers this time. So before we get into all that, I think I just need to sit for a second in this moment and reassure myself that it's going to be okay. Uh, I think I need to process my feelings. So right now I'm sitting in my dad's office I have uh, a new vape, which I'm super excited about. And then I have um, this smoothie. It's banana, almond milk, cocoa powder, sea salt, peanut butter. Oh, and coffee. And honey. Yeah, it's really good. Um, The reason I'm mentioning these two things are because I feel like I'm pampered when I give myself things like this, like going to the trouble of making a smoothie and, you know, spending money on a new vape, like those are things that I definitely don't need. But when I have them, it feels really nice. And I think I need to um, be as gentle on myself as I can be right now. Um, I'm going to vape because I'm, I need something to do with my mouth besides talk. So, first of all, last week's episode, amazing. I I loved getting to chat with my friend Rachel and reconnect after two years of not really talking. Um, The audio quality in that episode was a little rough, and I haven't fixed it yet. So, my mic would not register on my device last week. And my partner got a new cable, and it was working for a while. But now, of course, when I sat down to record this, it wouldn't work. So, I'm recording this using my uh, headphone microphones. Hopefully it sounds okay. Another annoying podcast related thing that happened this week was that someone wrote me a review and then Apple wouldn't show it. 
like I've noticed it does that a lot. It will only show like one or two reviews at a time and then hide the rest. Like you know, the one from my mom, the one my mom wrote me from two weeks ago. Uh, it is now gone. I don't know why. But um, all that to say, if you are trying to leave me a review and you can't figure it out, um, you can still just message me, yo, and I'll read it. I love hearing what you think about the episodes. Uh, I was actually talking to my brother Andrew about the podcast and my perfectionism and everything because uh, he's been listening from the start and my quality has gotten a lot better since then, but also I have a lot to learn. And I was telling him how I feel like apologizing nonstop whenever uh, an episode comes out and it's not perfect. And he was just like, no, it's, I really like the vulnerable, messy episodes because it shows that you're a person and it shows that you're using the platform exactly as you intended, which is just to be imperfect. <laughs> and so I guess what I'm saying is that I still feel self-conscious and stressed, but ultimately I just want to put out an honest episode for you all. So I guess we'll just get right into the events of this week. I haven't really talked about this ever before on the podcast. I think I might have alluded to it before, which is that uh, I have a brother who is schizophrenic and a drug addict, and I haven't talked to him in like three years. Like he kind of became estranged from the family. I mean, when I say it like that, it sounds like we estranged ourselves from him. But the truth is, um, he had all the help in the world. He's been in multiple treatment centers and been on multiple meds. And my parents have just bent over backwards to try to give him what he needs. And every time he's just kind of thrown it in their face. So for new listeners, I'm the oldest of seven. And this brother is the middle one. Lucky him, right? (laughs) So I hadn't seen him in three years. And last Monday, my dad texts me and tells me that he is taking a bus from Indiana and he'll be there that night. Um, So what happened was my mom had asked him if he would come for Mother's Day. And she said they would pay for his ticket and everything. And um, he accepted, which he hasn't done that in a while. They always offer to have him come visit, but he hasn't accepted till now. So... I find out about this, and I'm kind of on edge, um, because he's an unpredictable person. Um, Growing up, he was very violent. We had to call the cops on him multiple times for either destroying property or physically threatening us. So he dropped out of high school, and then we basically didn't see him a lot after that. He's a musician, so he's been traveling all over doing music, and uh, he's been homeless off and on. And so um, I don't really talk to him a lot. None of us do, really. But um, a few months prior, actually, no, that's a lie. It was in December. So in December, my mom and my sister Caroline went to visit him, and they had a really great time. He seemed like he dropped the facade for them, like the tough dude act They watched movies together and went bowling and all this fun stuff, and it seemed like he was really doing better. And so when my mom offered to give him a ticket here, you know, everyone was apprehensive, sure, but optimistic for the most part. You never want to think that your family member has no chance of getting better. 
I was excited to see him because we talked on the phone a couple times last year uh, because I was in treatment and also he was in treatment for a while and then he was living in like a sober living house, I think. Um, but we talked a few times and I was really looking forward to seeing him. So Monday night, um, Caroline and me and our, our parents drove to the Greyhound station to pick him up. Uh, he doesn't have a bag on him. He doesn't have any luggage, just the clothes on his back. And um, right away, I can tell that he's high. And it's not like I've seen him before. There's something different. He, he was just like spouting off all these nonsensical uh, sentences and like just saying the most inflammatory, crazy stuff, being loud and slamming his fists against things. Uh, just, I don't know, it was kind of weird. <sighs> we dropped him off at the hotel and then over the next few days, we all, uh, that is the rest of my siblings and I, we tried to spend some time with him. So it was very clear that something was drastically off, like I said. Uh, turns out he told me he was on meth. He told me that he loves it and he feels like he's a better musician on it. He's just a better person in general. He loves it. He never wants to stop. And I don't know, he, he told me this in good confidence, which I, I feel kind of weird talking about it on the podcast, but I don't know. It was just really hard to watch. Um, even talking about this now, it's kind of exhausting. This whole week has just been like an emotional roller coaster, but instead of ups and downs, it's mostly just been like downs. Um, he just is really unwell and scary. And I don't know, being around him made me think a lot about um, not just the person he used to be and how much he's changed, but also it kind of made me think of myself because uh, I also have a rocky history with mental health and substance abuse and addiction and all that stuff. But with him, it's really clear to me that there is mental illness at play. It's not just the choices he's made, uh, which also he's made some dumb choices. We all do. But he just every month he just keeps getting worse and worse. And he's paranoid and uh, threatening. And he just kind of drained everybody. Like, we went to this Mexican restaurant, our whole family and him, and he kind of, like, he kind of scared the staff. Like, he just... It was really hard to spend that much time around him, and to see the pain in my parents' faces was really hard. Uh, it was also hard to see my younger siblings around him, because he got... The worst he ever was was after I had left the house, so they got to see a side of him that I never had to, and... It was traumatizing as fuck, and so um, I was a little worried about them, but they did a pretty good job of, of putting down boundaries and sticking to them. I think we all did, because we had to. It was like a matter of survival. And so anyway, to make a long story short, we all hung out with him over uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday, my dad got him a plane ticket back home. And well, where he was living at the time, at least. And then he got kicked off the plane by security before it had even taken off because I guess he was being disruptive. I didn't really get the details. I do know he was on math and I know he he's a scary figure when he's under the influence. He's got, you know, face tattoos. He's like six foot five. He's he's kind of threatening. And um, he then proceeded to call 
every single one of us asking for either a ride or money. He gave us all a different story. Like for me, he told me he was going to try to go get a job in our area. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Aren't you supposed to be on a plane? Um, I, I did respond to say, sorry, dude, I can't help you. Uh, good luck. And, and then I blocked him because at that point he was asking me for other family members' numbers, family members who've told me they didn't want to hear from him. And I, I'm glad I blocked him when I did because he went on to kind of verbally abuse anyone who said no to him. Like he texted my sister Caroline and he was like, you guys are all fake as fuck. Like, thanks for helping me out. And it's so hard to listen to and to just quote unquote stand by and not do anything. Um, because I do have a lot of empathy for him, but at the same time, he's using the people he loves and manipulating them. And yeah, it's, it's really hard. And so I blocked him. I don't feel good about it. I don't think it'll be permanent, but I just, this whole week has just worn on me so much. And I, I got sick, <laughs> like literally got sick with a cold. I don't know if you can tell, but my body is just tired. My brain is tired. I didn't even want to make this podcast, but I think that's when I need to do it the most is when I'm feeling like this. I'm going to go pee and take a sip of my smoothie. Hold on. So while I was taking a break, I realized that I said it was Monday when all this started, but it was actually Tuesday. Um, and that just goes to show you like how drained I am. Like I, I keep mixing up days and like missing stuff because my brain is going through something traumatic right now. And I think when all your energy is being spent towards dealing with a crisis, naturally other things start to suffer. And that's definitely been the case with me this week. While all this was going on, um, I was kind of exhausted at work. I started getting sick, like I said. When I was home, I just couldn't do anything. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't clean. I couldn't, like, it's been really, really hard. And I don't, I don't feel guilty about it. I'm really trying not to beat myself up because what I'm feeling is valid. And I would say that to anyone who is dealing with something like this. You are just doing the best you can. And all you have to do is worry about yourself. Like, keep yourself afloat. Everything else is just secondary. Um, I, I'm thinking of one thing in particular that happened, which was I, I took him to the gas station to get gas with me. And um, I bought him some cigarettes and... I gave him some pins and patches that I had won in an internet raffle, uh, thinking he might like them. And at first he was like, no, I don't need those. But then he seemed to change his mind and he started like grabbing all of them. And it was only afterward that I thought that maybe he sold them to get money for drugs. Because the next morning uh, he was late meeting my dad for breakfast. So my dad went over to his motel to pick him up and he found um, like a white powder in his room and a clear baggie and all this stuff. So I don't know. He probably did, uh, sell those things and I could feel really guilty about it, but ultimately that's not my responsibility. He is capable of making his own choices and he was going to get drugs if he wanted drugs and I'm not going to feel guilty about possibly enabling him. Um, because you can really go down a, a, a spiral 
when it comes to that stuff. Like, it makes you think of, what did I do? Like, how much of who you are was shaped by the way uh, I treated you or things that I did? Because, I mean, we, we all had it rough growing up. He had the same childhood we did, and things turned out really differently. And part of it is his mental illness, for sure. Um, but then part of it is is the choices he made as an adult. Like, he's an adult, he can make his own choices, and I'm so, so proud of the way my parents have handled this. Uh, they've been very clear with him from the start that they're not going to enable him, they're not going to let him stay in their house, they're not giving him money, but they, you know, they would buy him food and, like, tickets and stuff. And they've been so strong through all this, like, at one point, I'll share this story because uh, it's kind of wholesome in a fucked up way. Um, my brother was talking about how he has this giant Confederate flag in his room or in a previous room of his. I don't know if he has a room right now, but he was talking about how he had a big Confederate flag. And um, he was defending it by saying things like, you know, the Southerners didn't choose to fight in this war. Like, it's a symbol of heritage. It's pride, all this stuff. And my dad and I were listening to him. And my dad is super conservative. And in the past, he has been proud of his Confederate heritage. He, he even has a sword from the Civil War that used to belong to some Confederate officer. So I was kind of expecting this to be a bonding moment between him and my brother. But instead... Uh, he calmly responds, you know, that, that might be true, there is heritage, but I, I recognize that it's a symbol of white supremacy and hate, and basically, maybe you should think twice before you talk about this. Uh, those weren't his exact words, but basically he just stepped up, and I, I wasn't expecting his response to be like that, and I've never been prouder of him than I was in that moment. Um, so there were a lot of conversations like that, just really, really crazy things that didn't even make sense. Like he kept talking about conspiracy theories. And at one point he, he was telling us how he wanted to only have daughters and he would give them stripper names. And then if anyone like got pregnant with a boy, he would just abort all the boys. <laughs> like this is literally something he said on multiple occasions. And like, how do you, respond to that like we all of us had to take turns kind of guiding the conversation and redirecting him away from stuff um it was just like exhausting totally exhausting and I'm hesitant to record this because I don't want people to think I'm trying to get them to feel sorry for me or I'm just trying to exploit my brother for, for content for the podcast those are fears that I've had, and that's why I haven't really talked about this that much. But it's really hard, and I know we're not the only ones. You know, he's he's alive, at least. He did... I don't know. He had a heroin overdose a few months ago. But now, of course, he's playing it off as, like, he did it on purpose to pretend to be dead so people wouldn't be able to track him so he could form a new identity. And he, so he kept referring to that incident as the time I killed myself, as in I killed myself and then I came back to life. Like, it's, it's just super bizarre. Um, so as you can imagine, it's been triggering as fuck to be around him. He did take another plane last night after getting kicked off of the first one. And I, I heard from my dad just now that he is back 
in his home state. So that's good. I, I just, I hope he's okay, but also I know that the possibility of him never getting better is definitely a thing. And that's just something that we have to accept. So that's kind of what I've been dealing with the last week. Um, I think it's cool how um, I've definitely noticed this week my mental health slipping and my coping mechanisms have kind of regressed as a result of interacting with him. And so I've really been trying harder than ever to just give myself grace this week, like practicing self-care, even in tiny ways, letting myself do nothing and just relax. Uh, it's really hard for me, as some of you know, but this week I've just really been pursuing self-care, like really hard. And I'm proud of myself. I'm not perfect, but um, it, it's definitely different than I would have handled this in the past. Um, and that is a good transition to the journal entry I want to read this week. Uh, it's super, super short, but I think it offers a lot of insight into my coping mechanisms and also how my views of self-care have shifted over the years. So I'll just read it. Friday, 8th July, 2011. By the way, 2011, uh, I was home for the summer uh, after freshman year at this Christian school I went to. I had relapsed into my bulimia while I was at college, and um, at the time of writing this entry, I think I had just gotten a job at a hot dog stand on Lake Michigan, and I was spending a lot of my nights just binging on food in our attic and like purging into plastic bags. It was a really rough time. Uh, and so this journal entry was kind of showing what my mental state was at the time. Okay, so Friday, 8th July, 2011. Things have not gotten better, nor have they gotten worse. I feel as though I'm floating along on my disordered journey with no one to stop me. Not that they don't try. I think that one reason I do this to myself is because somewhere deep down I want to be taken care of. I want to reach the point where I can only lie in my bed and have someone else reach out their hands and minister to me in a way I've always ministered to others, never to myself. I want to be the sick child, the fragile invalid. I want to be recovered, but not at my own hand. Is that such a strange thing to want? So that's the end of the entry. I think it was interesting to read this because I have always loved being taken care of. It's not too often that it happens because I'm resistant to accepting help. But if I'm being honest, like there's nothing I love more than just like being sick in bed and having someone take care of me. That's why like rehab was so nice. That's why residential treatment was so nice because people are literally just taking care of you all day and you don't have to worry about things. And also, I think one thing to consider is that as the oldest of seven, I never really got to take care of myself. I was always taking care of the other kids. And again, this brother that I'm talking about, he was always the one to get the most attention growing up because of all the, the acting out he did. And um, I don't know, us quote-unquote good kids never got that kind of attention and I think that definitely contributed to my mental health issues and eventual downward spiral because uh, I wanted the attention but I didn't want to do it myself like I don't know I don't know what I'm saying but uh, can any of y'all relate do any of you really struggle to ask for help and then I don't know I guess my conclusion after reading this is well 
now I know how to take care of myself. I don't need other people to take care of me anymore because I now have the tools to take care of myself. I think I've gone through phases where the idea of taking care of myself was exhausting. And I don't know, I, I kind of felt bitter in the past because I, like I shouldn't have to take care of myself. Like in my mind, I want other people to take care of me. But I think now I see taking care of myself as a huge strength. Um, I, I feel like I don't need to tell you all that. But I, I keep saying, I say this over and over again on the podcast, but no one is going to give as much of a shit about you as you. And if there's one big life lesson I've learned in my 20s, it's exactly that. I can't wait around for someone else to take care of me because I'm just going to get disappointed. Like, I need to step up and take care of myself. Uh, hence the, the new vape. Hence the smoothie. Hence the, the doing nothing in bed all day. I am taking care of myself. And I'm really proud of that. I was just talking to my dad and Caroline about how they're de- they've been dealing with all these emotions since our, our brother left. Uh, and my dad was saying how he just turned off his phone and spent the whole night doing paperwork, just like keeping himself busy. And that was really beneficial for him. And it's so nice to just find that glimmer of hope. Just realizing that it is possible to have a normal life after being confronted with something like this. I don't know what normal life even means. That was a poor choice of words. But life moves on. That's better. Life does move on in spite of things like this. And all you can do is take care of yourself and the other people around you. You know, my, my other sister was, uh, she deals with crises in a similar way to me, which is humor. So she went up to my dad earlier and she was like, well, six out of seven ain't bad. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. What can you do? I can't even imagine having kids. And then, like, like I thrive on control and the idea of having like a tiny human and raising it and then not being able to control it really freaks me out. This is why I can't be a parent because obviously you're not supposed to control your kids. But yeah, that is what's going on with me. My bike is still in the shop. So on top of everything, I've been having to like Uber this week and it's just been exhausting. So it's nice to be able to come here and just kind of pour out my feelings for this podcast. Uh, Thanks for listening, by the way. I really appreciate all of you. I'm going to wrap up this episode with the answers to my last pickle poll. Um, The question was, how do you really want to respond to the question, how are you? And (laughs) y'all really delivered. I'm pretty sure that I want to use all of these at some point in the future. So... Without further ado, here is how you all would love to answer to the question, how are you? My friend 80 says, I've started saying alive. Bratson Black says, I am merely existing and passing the time with distractions until I can shed this mortal coil and join my brethren in the eighth dimension. <laughs> you know what? I should actually read these like, like on Cards Against Humanity when they read the question first and then they read the answer. I should actually do that. So... How do you really want to respond to the question, how are you? Really nice snowman says, wonderful, then deflect it back to them. Uh, Red's 2AM Thoughts, a.k.a. Becca, who was a guest on the podcast before, says to the question, how are you? Oh, just live in the dream. Uh, My friend Sid says, dead. (laughs) Love that. 
my ex Andrew, when asked, how are you, says, how much time do you have? Uh, Jacqueline of the Binge Breakers podcast, in response to how are you, says, on a hamster wheel, I won't stop, but vibing anyway. <laughs> that one's one of my favorites. Uh, my friend Paula from Treatment responds to the question, how are you, with yes. <laughs> so good. Uh, my friend Lucy Sarah, also a podcast guest. I, I feel like half of these are old guests. I, I love that they stay connected with me after I record with them. It, it brings me so much joy. But uh, Lucy Sarah, in response to how are you, says, I'm here. <laughs> um, Rachel Lynn Taylor, in response to how are you, says, I mean, I'm running purely off iced coffee and spite, but you know. <laughs> that cold brew life, though. Flesh Daddy slash Alyssa says, in response to how are you, people don't think it be like it is, but it do. Uh, and my friend Nicole, uh, at write words like stones in response to how are you says existing still alive. Oh, you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know which I like best. They're all so good. I kind of just like the one that's just like, yes, because <laughs> it covers so much ground, you know? Um, I also asked my sister Caroline just now how she would respond to this question, and this is what she said. Caroline, in your wildest dreams, how would you respond to the question, how are you? Honestly, I don't even want to be talking with you right now. I just want to be alone, kind of. I like spending time by myself lately. Everything is a little exhausting. So the fact that you're even asking me is kind of exhausting, and you're making it worse by talking to me. You heard it there first. <laughs> Bye. I, I take it back. I think that is my favorite answer. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. I don't want to talk to you. I've actually said that to people who try to strike up conversations with me. Like uh, when I was at that wedding in Florida a few months ago, this guy wouldn't stop like talking to me. He worked for the venue. He wasn't a guest or anything. He just kept coming up to me and he was, he said something crazy. Like, I like your pink hair. Did your dad have sex with a Care Bear? Like he literally said that. And so the second time he came up and tried to talk, I was, I just looked at him and I was like, I don't really want to talk to you. And then he, he looked really confused, but he left. Um, and I, I want to bring that back. I want to bring back telling people to fuck off essentially. No, there's a better way to do that. I want to bring back telling people honestly what we're feeling. Cause I think we all spend so much energy trying to, placate strangers like trying to make strangers happy and going along with strangers but r really like when am I ever going to see that guy again and also even if I did I'm entitled to tell him how I feel I, I don't owe it to him to be polite and to like respect his feelings no um and so I, I think that really ties in with the pickle pull um I, I think how are you is one of those questions that no one likes to answer um and if we did answer it honestly then I don't know. I think it would be really cathartic. I also asked my dad how he would respond to this question, and he was gracious enough to let me record his answer. Dad, how would you respond in an ideal world to the question, how are you? Are you speaking as in a social convention to the equivalent of good day, which may or may not be a good day to the person, but are you really meaning to say, how are you? And I'm going to think that you don't and that you want a social convention response, which is 
Fine, thank you. How are you? <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Y'all, I cannot even. That is the first time that I've ever played my dad's voice on the podcast, I think. So those were the answers. I really love them. Um, I'm going to cut this episode a little bit short because Carolyn wants to take me thrifting and going along with the theme of self-care. Um, that sounds pretty nice. So hopefully this week I'll get a new microphone. Um, I'm still scheduling guests. A lot of my past guests has, have hit me up wanting to be on again, which I love. Uh, so don't think you're limited to one, <laughs> one interview. You can do as many as you want. I, I think the most anyone's been on an episode right now is three times because uh, my mom and Caroline and my friend Connor have all been on it three times. So someone needs to beat that record. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Stay safe, everyone. Please reach out if you have dealt with family members who are struggling. Feel free to message me because I don't really know how to deal with this. And it would really help to hear from someone who has. Um, and also, maybe you don't know what to do. Maybe you just can relate. And I'd love to hear that, too. That's it, I guess. <laughs> I'll see y'all next week. Bye. Before I leave, um, I want to give y'all... Um, so thank you to, to everyone who answered the pickle poll. Next week's pickle poll is going to be, what is a life lesson that other people try to teach you, but that you ultimately had to figure out on your own? Uh, go to Instagram, and uh, when the pickle poll comes out on Wednesday, you can comment with your answer. You can also just get ahead of the ball and message me now if you have a good answer. Uh, I will read them on the podcast if it's okay with you. I think uh, a lot of good stories can come out of this one. Uh, and also, maybe you'll help someone learn a life lesson. <laughs> you know, that would be rad. So um, follow me on Instagram at Pickles and Vodka Podcast, and I will see you next week. Remember to let yourself do nothing sometimes. Your body and your mind will definitely thank you. Bye, y'all. Hello, friends. It's Christina again. As always, thank you for listening. If you want to support Pickles and Vodka, you can give us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram, Pickles and Vodka Podcast. If you could relate to anything at all we talked about today, or you just want to say hi, email me at picklesandvodkapodcast at gmail.com, or DM me on Instagram at picklesandvodkapodcast. Stay safe and have a good week. Bye.